Welcome, listener, to season two of RPS's Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. We are back, and after 200 and something episodes, we are starting season two. Uh, and a bit of housekeeping first, because we are changing the format a little bit. As regular listeners will know, we ran out of themes <laughs> quite quickly, and we're repeating them. So we are pivoting now to a magazine show. So we're going to talk a little bit about news. We're going to talk about the games we've been playing right now. We're still going to have the chats and the bants and the fun and the lols. Uh, some other housekeeping. We're not going to bleep swearing anymore, but... We are going to keep swearing to a minimum. We're not going to be dropping C-bombs every five minutes. At least I hope we're not going to be dropping C-bombs every five minutes. Nate, my co-host, how are you? What do you think about that, you shits? Oh, God, okay. Hello. <laughs> and that second little chuckle, little laugh that you can hear there uh, is our new the, the third point on our, our triangle of hosting, our new co-host, I am so excited to welcome James, our hardware Hello. editor. Hello. Hello, Hello James. James. Hello. How are we all? So good. So happy to have you. You've got a voice for podcasting, I must say. Aw, thank you. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's in the radio <laughs> octave. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. Very excited to have you. Base boost mode. James, <laughs> your Nate. hardware editor, do you have are you in any way a cyborg? What artificial parts do you have? Um, I mean I wear glasses, so technically I am a cyborg. Cool, that's fine. You've you passed <laughs> you passed my Voight Camp test. Nice. <laughs> Uh, I always whenever I hear that, I'm always like John Voight. What? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, that was for determining if someone wasn't a robot, wasn't it? I think so. Which is the tour? Is the Turing test? If what's someone's the, what's in the Caskin wallet one? Oh, oh, what? that's that's the one in in Do Androids Dream of etc. Isn't it the the Road Runner, Blade Runner? <laughs> <laughs> You know how I'd determine if someone was a robot? My Voigtkamp test would be I'd like set up a normal conversation with them and have an accomplice attach a battery to a long silk thread, put it on the floor and then hide around the corner, wait for the robot to like go for the battery, then pull the string a little bit <laughs> and then make them keep going and be like, oh, come on, mate, you're a robot, aren't you? And they'd have to, they'd have to fess up then. No one wants a battery that much. <laughs> Uh, well, Nate, it's been a while. How are you? How have you been since the, the listener has heard you last? Uh, I've just been lying um, in a, a plain metal casket with my arms folded across my chest, waiting to podcast again. <laughs> like a, a sort of robot vampire? Yeah, in a grim and dreamless sleep. Uh, so <laughs> uh, let me tell you, it's good to be back. That was getting old. Christmas was shit. <laughs> Uh, and James, how have you been uh, in in your life, I suppose? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Summarise your life till now in 80 seconds. Oh, uh, you know, re- reasonably adequate. Good. Uh. <laughs> been on any good holidays in the last decade? Um, actually, a few weeks ago, I went to uh, South Wales. Um, so, no, not really. <laughs> Oh wow! No, no, Surprise no, no, it, trash. <laughs> no, it, it 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 was lovely. Um, 
I basically, I basically took my um, it was me and my girlfriend. We went, we had like three nights in Cardiff, which is where I went to university. So I was kind of like showing her around uh, all my old haunts, um, <laughs> and then we spent a couple of nights in uh, the in like Pembrokeshire National Park, um, like down on the coast, which is like very very lovely, very romantic. But it just it did also kind of make me realize, oh no, I am just a city boy. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't understand like trees or grass. Did you see any puffins? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. I I didn't see any puffins. I kind of wanted to see like some more sheep. I was disappointed by the lack of sheep, so I kind of wanted to point out to my girlfriend, like, "Oh yeah, well, there's loads of sheep." But you don't find them in the sea, do you? For the most part, sheep. <laughs> oh, I mean, do, do they have like sea sheep? What's Oh, what's the sheep of the sea? What's <laughs> I reckon like, probably the marine iguana. Are there are a lot of marine iguanas. Uh, not in Pembrokeshire, admittedly. Um, there's some in the Galapagos. They um, they eat algae off rocks and they get very cold, so they have to then lie on the rocks <laughs> for ages to get warm again. They look like okay. little little Godzillas with really runny noses. I don't know if that's a sheep. <laughs> Actually, yeah, in fairness, not got much to do with sheep. I was just thinking about goanas. Are there any fish that need to be sheared? Oh. No. That's no, a, th- there's, that's a there's, thinker, isn't it? Yeah. There's a frog with hair. Is there? Yeah. Well, they're actually extended papillae um, to help with oxygen diffusion, but it looks like loads of grim hair on their bum. <laughs> yeah. If you So this, this will happen a lot, James. Um that really? Nate has <laughs> Nate has an animal for every occasion. Oh, uh, I'm really slamming them out. Actually, sorry. I'll I'll I'll, I'll close my like, sleeves to stop the animals coming out for a bit. It's like top trumps. Like if you're in a, <laughs> like like the equivalent of like a cowboy cheating at a poker table instead of like instead of having a little like an ace in your card loader up your sleeve, you've got an obscure snake. <laughs> nine facts oh, yeah. about scorpions. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, Nate, based on the six minutes and thirty-seven seconds we've been speaking together, um, yeah. what what mascot animal would you assign me? Like, what's my? Oh wow! What's what a my powerful animal? question. I think you can probably have. Do you want a condor? Oh, oh! I wouldn't say no to a condor because they've got a great <laughs> wingspan. And know. James is tall. Yeah. Yeah, and like. You do like crouching on crags in the Andes. <laughs> I know that about you. <laughs> you love soaring around, um, looking for carcasses, uh, but in a dignified way. So, you know. I'd think so. Yeah, because yeah, a condor right. could spot a good deal from from a long oh, way away. Christ, deals. Yeah. <laughs> 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 This I like to. I, I'm hoping this podcast will be a deals-free zone. Um, for anyone yeah. who's well, ever, kind of, for anyone who's ever kind of like seen my name on an RPS article, I'd be like, "Oh God, it's a deals guy." Until well, we don't play know. sweeten the deal. I was going to um, say Nate is one for a dark bargain, but that's, <laughs> that's for another day. Faustian facts. <laughs> yeah, you can be a condor. I'm re- I'm increasingly comfortable. I'll take that. With that. I'll take that. I'll take. I'll take condor. All right, that's the that's the nice. most important business uh, dealt with. Let's move yeah. on. Also, to looking... sorry, I I I feel bad for trash talking whales. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it, it was it was lovely. It was lovely. I'm, I'm very Wales sorry. Wales Wales's well, star is rising. They'll, they'll be all right. It's like the uh, number of things Matthew declared ideological war on. <laughs> I think you're okay. All right. In the news this week, we're going to start with uh, some games on film. Uh, HBO's The Last of Us is getting a second season, at least. Uh, the first season is is covering the first game and uh any subsequent seasons i guess will be uh the last of us part two uh which they've said they think they need at least two seasons for as graham noted to properly explore all the dog murder mm. uh, <laughs> and then also uh the hollywood reporter got an exclusive last week as well saying that phoebe waller bridge uh is writing a tomb raider tv series for amazon um and there's also a Tomb Raider film apparently in the works as well, and they want to create a sort of a Tomb Raider cinematic universe, I guess, that sort of uh, brings together the film, the TV show, and the games. Or have a we game already had a, a couple of Tomb Raider films? We have, yeah, yeah. We have. We've we've had two Tomb Raider cinematic universes, universi, univi, univi. <laughs> So this would be a third straight go at that, eh? Yeah. The first one was good, I thought. Which With, one uh, was that? That was Angelina Jolie, the 2001. Oh, that was quite a laugh, actually, yeah. That was all right. Yeah, that was a that was a lull. That was a lull and a half. It had Chris Barry in as her butler. <laughs> and that was like during the era where video game adaptations were still like 100% poison at the box office, wasn't it? Well, are they not anymore is the question because we talk about, uh, you know, the video game adaptation curse, but The Last of Us is getting received very well. Have either of you watched it, any of it? I have not watched it. I watched um, some YouTube clips because I wanted to see like people with horrible mushrooms coming out of their mouths and see how grim it was. It was quite grim. (laughs) See, I watched the first episode and it was very, it was very, you know, the sets and the costume and, and all that were really, really good. It was, uh, you know, it was great. But the first episode was kind of like a shot for shot of cutscenes in The Last of Us. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, and I I was just, because my great secret is that I got bored by The Last of Us and I stopped playing before I got to the fucking giraffes. So um, <laughs> uh, that being the case, I have no interest in watching the rest of the TV show. Because if it's just a shot for shot of the game, then I will also find it boring. But uh, the buzz around episode three in particular, which I think was last night um, as we record this, is people love it. Genuine tears, people calling it amazing. So I don't know. Uh, I, so I, I haven't seen it, but I've, I've reliably read that episode three actually doesn't do it shot for shot. It's actually quite a big deviation from the game see that's kind of, i think like that's more interesting right yeah i think well, like like the reason the reason i haven't been watching it despite the fact that i quite like the last of us is because yeah you know like i've if it's shot for shot i've seen it all before it's just that joel has a different face see it's never <laughs> it's never going to be an accurate um adaptation of my last of us which I think Alice, one of the first times we ever spoke, I told you. Sarah uh, I, Mr. Brick Knight. Sarah Mr. Brick Knight, yeah. I played Joel. Um, 
as having a completely trauma-shattered mind and assuming the identity of Ceramus, the Brick Knight, who was like a noble, like Arthurian questing knight who would only ever use a half brick to defeat his foes. <laughs> and like playing it through with a friend, we role played this really hard, got as far as we could using only half a brick. And that was very engaging to me because it was the, 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 the old Ludi narrative uh, dissonance made it a lot of fun because you'd have these cutscenes with them very seriously interacting people and then you'd just be charging through <laughs> demanding like the glory of the brick warriors be restored so yeah it'll never quite meet that for me i would very much like a television series about that but i'm not holding my breath i think that would have been more interesting to me but if they do maybe like the first couple of episodes they've made shot for shot to get the gamers in and then from here they'll just make it all you know oh that's that's an interesting yeah bait and switch yeah the old last of us switcheroo. <laughs> the old, the old. I can't think of a good pun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what, what do we think about game like TV adaptations in general? My instinct is to say it works better than films. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting how TV adaptations have generally gone down better than film adaptations if you compare like. Last of Us or Arcane or like Castlevania versus, you know, Tomb Raider, Uncharted. Um, there's that Mortal Kombat film recently as well that was terrible. Um, well, um, look at The Witcher as well with our, our yeah, boy Vernon H. Yeah, that went down well. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why that is. It might be maybe it's a case of films trying to kind of like cram as many. Like recognizable moments or lines from games into like a shorter runtime, where a series have more room to breathe, maybe, yeah. and actually do their own thing. And, and <laughs> games are all like fifty hours long as well. <laughs> it's a lot of hashtag content. <laughs> Perhaps it depends on the game, because when look at Sonic the Hedgehog two, for example. Um, yeah. Uh, oddly, not awful. Um, but I, that just would have been existentially very strange as a television series, like as a sort of yeah, very high-octane sort of hour and 50 minutes grand. But yeah, there's not too much to explore there, you know. Um, well, if you look at, I suppose, you know, Witcher, they were making a series of a setting, really. Uh, and I guess there's the, the potential to do that with The Last of Us, although, like I say, I don't really know how they're handling it. Um, but yeah, if you've got like something where the main appeal is character recognition, you know, oh, look, there's that fun mascot, then yeah, a film, a, 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 a fun, silly film is probably good. But if you've got a good, you know, like a, a world and, I don't know, a character who broods more. Um, the, 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 Gr- gritty maybe- Sonic. Yeah, yeah. It's just Shadow, isn't it? Yeah, Shadow would get an HBO series, definitely. Yeah, he would. <laughs> what would you two's ideal video game property adaptation be? What would you like to see made into a film or TV show? Because I wrote about this oh, no. and I was like, I won't be impressed until someone does like a Babber is You film or like... <laughs> A Bug Snacks TV show, you cowards. <laughs> Bug Snacks TV show would be something. Uh, I I want to see. Um, do you know what? 
Do you know, I would just watch the hell out of a Diablo series. Yeah. Just absolute hot garbage, like low fantasy beastings. That that would, you know, something. Oh, I'm just thinking of Arcane as well, because that was well good, wasn't it? Did you see that? I haven't seen Arcane. I was actually going to, I was actually, so my, my, my answer to this question, um, Alice, would be that yeah. if you'd asked me like a few years ago, I would have said Dota. And the, then they made Dota Dragon's Blood, which I didn't really like at all. <laughs> so, I missed that one. So maybe my judgment on this is just really poor. Or maybe actually, so my, mm, the, problem, <laughs> the, problem with, the problem with Dragon's Blood is that it doesn't like capture what's like actually good about Dota like at all. Because Do- Dota is essentially like Every match is like a forty-minute like comedy farce, like a like a black pitch black comedy farce. You get killed by a magician, and your character says like some kind of punny death quip, and then the magician says some kind of punny kill quip, and then you respawn, and your character who's like a sand scorpion says, "I won't sand for this," and then <laughs> all, your, all your teammates ironically spam the well play chat line. It's all just like it's all just a load of big dumb jokes, and then Dragon's Blood came along, and it was just kind of just like brooding, kind of like shonen anime. Um, which didn't really like get the get the tone of Dota at all. <laughs> so I, I I I know I said like I I wouldn't watch um, Last of Us if it's just like a shot for shot remake, but at the same time, maybe I like the discerning gamer yeah. want something yeah. <laughs> isn't or something that isn't exactly the same as the game, but also kind of tonally tonally appropriate and like, uh, it's like Dota as like a, a multicam. Yeah, Dota would make like a good like skit show, <laughs> like a like an itchy kind of like very short. I can see that, and that's interesting as well because that's basically the Ceramus complaint uh, expressed more eloquently. You want a, a series that reflects your experience of the game rather than yeah, necessarily yeah. the lore of the game, which yeah, I think is. Is a good way to look at it. Yeah, because Dota, Dota does have lore. Um, I think on the on the strength of Dragon's Blood, I don't know if it's particularly strong enough lore to carry a like slightly dark, gritty anime series over it. But uh, wow, yeah, I think more more more, more TV shows with ironic death quips, maybe. <laughs> I, I think we might have accidentally made a good point. That might be the first time in the history of the, the podcast. This is the new era, folks. This is it. We're <laughs> tackling oh, the big ones. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, all right, very quickly, um, Battlefield 2, there's some, some uh, changes being made in live service games. I'm always sort of fascinated by live service games because I don't really play them. But uh, Battlefield 2042 was reviving its old class system. It came out in 2021, this game. Uh, and people have been angry uh, that uh, the specialists sort of don't work uh, how you know the class is used to. Um, so they, their loadout was completely customizable. And they're, they're now, or in August last year, they announced they were going to change it and bring back the old system. Uh, and uh, I believe this week uh, it's arriving, so it will return to the traditional class system where you have the you know the roles of assault engineer, recon support, and it, they've got spe- like specific choices for their loadout and stuff to to make it a bit clearer. Uh, and Overwatch Two is changing its ranking system because people were confused because uh, there was a difference between a player's rank, which was the the public tier, uh, from bronze to grandmaster, uh, and then there's that 
was separate from a hidden rating that was used in matchmaking. So the rank was kind of completely separate from a player's skill, which made people confused and think the ranking was broken because they'd be matched with people that visually appeared to be more or less skilled than they were. So they're changing that as well. Do either of you play live service games? So can you define a live service game? Because I think I know what you mean. So it's a game that never ends, <laughs> I would say. I mean, D- Dota would count as a live service game as well. It's, it's. I mean, all- I guess I, I've, I've managed to finally go cold turkey on Hearthstone, but I suppose that was a live service yeah. game, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. I suppose you could you could argue that Age of Empires is considering they change, they're constantly like changing the balance on the civs and stuff, right? I yeah, there's, yeah, I think I'd I count that. And uh, James, are you a big Dota? lad uh i actually don't play dota that often anymore um uh. i play a lot of i actually play a lot of um team fortress 2 which is technically a live service game if you don't count the fact that there hasn't been like it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of been left it's a live it's a live it's game a- that's been left to die it's like an undead uh, service game it's yeah been, it's, there you go. it's in it's in constant like cryogenic storage in stasis um <laughs> yeah it's yeah, a live I, service game if you if you don't count service yeah well actually um i've been playing loads of dark tide um oh, which yeah, is dark, pretty I live service yeah. The, yeah. God, the music in that game is the best thing ever oh, banging like, so- just, <laughs> every morning wake up open palm slam the dark tide soundtrack into spotify lovely right, stuff right. <laughs> rising tide uh, <laughs> what so as kind of like do you because i don't really play live service games but i find their sort of life cycle and communities fascinating uh mm. is there do you think an expectation when sort of something you don't like something in a live service game do you sort of expect that at some point it will change yeah actually because hearthstone i used to sort of play really feverishly for a few weeks until it got stale or I didn't like a change they'd make. And then just kind of like a sort of malevolent immortal wizard who likes meddling in human history, I'd sort of, you know, just sort of go into slumber for a while and then awake to see whether conditions were better for me to prey on mankind. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so it was a sort of very, I would never get like upset <clears throat> if they changed the game in a way I didn't like. But yeah, I'd often go dormant on it, wait till I'd forgotten about the game and then one day be like, oh, I wonder if Hearthstone's fun at the moment. And you know, and maybe get sucked into a crippling addiction for another four months. Who knows? I, I suspect that's kind of what maybe what DICE are doing at Battlefield in terms of trying to like maybe tempt back players who yeah. like quit early or maybe like didn't have an interest in the first place because of the class changes. Now they're saying maybe like maybe like the player counts dipped a bit, maybe they're thinking Oh, like oh crap! We need to get people back playing this game. Uh, let's let's just do the class change that everyone wanted. Yeah, no, that that potentially that I mean that makes sense as a more kind of cynical move because like as as a mostly single player, I play some co-op stuff, but I, if I don't like a game, that's kind of it. <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> like the only the only thing i can remember uh and it was a big deal because it never happens is that the ending to mass effect 3 was changed because nerds didn't like it. <laughs> so they just patched in a different <laughs> ending to the story um which well, i suppose you, a useful like, in- instinct for these guys to have um would be to know when people are saying oh this is bullshit i'm definitely quitting and meaning it 
and when they're <laughs> yeah. saying it, and then we'll carry on playing. So they must be very good bluff callers on a yeah. mass scale. I suppose they have a lot of data as well as the thing. They can tell what people are doing. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of thing. But it's just, it's, it, I, I love it. It's so kind of like, there's no other medium really where this can kind of happen. Like you can't, like you can't, like if you don't like a book, if enough people don't like a book, they can't get the racer to like stuff in, st- staple in some new pages at the back. Like. But look at what George Lucas did with the Star Wars movies, where like that bloody gunfight between Han and the green bloke, like panned out about nine separate ways in different cuts. <laughs> and half of that because people crying over, <laughs> like, who should shoot who? <laughs> so, like, you know, I mean, Star-, Star Wars got bloody weird. <laughs> <laughs> really did <laughs> there's a youtuber I, I like called jenny nicholson and she's got a bunch of videos where she reads like the prospective scripts for like the 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 final star wars film and some of them are so weird and one of them ray is a robot <laughs> for real yeah it, it didn't get made but one of them yeah like just like the side of her head gets pulled off and it's like oh my god <laughs> Also, also it's like a, a reveal she's a robot it's not like she's not like clearly a robot to begin with no no it's like, no. Ultimate. It's like in the final film it's like oh my god she was a robot all it's, it's, it's not she's not like c-3po but just with a like vaguely rayish face uh, yeah a c-3po oh, with like a, a blue plate, plate. <laughs> that's less interesting that's less interesting to me see now yeah. i'm thinking about live service movies uh where they like change and there's patch notes so, like, oh, in Die Hard, good. Bruce Willis now has like devil wings for the next <laughs> season. <laughs> and then in six months, they change it back. It's like, oh, the, uh, the special, like, wit, like, you know, like Halloween seasonal update for Monsters Inc. They've all got guns now. <laughs> Die Hard classic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to talk about this this Microsoft and Sony thing, but it's quite boring now that I look at it. But uh, the as listeners may know, Microsoft is proposing to buy Activision Blizzard, and uh, that's being held up by antitrust stuff because of uh, concerns about parity on Xbox and PlayStation for big games like Call of Duty. Uh, and Xbox's uh, head of communications just did a, a tweet thread about it, <laughs> being like, Shut up, Sony. Um, <laughs> which was weird. Uh, does anyone have any thoughts about that? Do we think that this this buyout will be stopped? Will it go ahead eventually? Oh, it'd be a very big lunch to eat, wouldn't it? Oof. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know about. I don't. I don't know enough about business stuff to know if it'll go through or not. I just, I just think it's a super no. weird tactic. It's not like it's. Is this like targeted at like? Just Xbox fans, just like I random think it Xbox must fans be, on right? Twitter, kind of rally up some kind of support. I feel like if it, I feel like if it was directed at any, at any kind of official decision maker, it would not be on this you know, Frank Chief Communications Officer Frank X Shaw's personal Twitter account. Yeah, that's why it's so weird. Like it just yeah. seems like a like a PR move. Yeah. Oh my god did you did you guys see the um uh the the tweet thread from last night by? Activision Blizzard's chief communications no, officer. No, I did not. So, uh, Lulu Cheng Mezeve um, of Activision Blizzard um, made this like kind of passive-aggressive tweet thread atting the FTC, 
Um, right. Along that was along the lines of this. It's okay for us to do this takeover because the Last of Us TV show is good. Oh my god! This is is it's this how? <laughs> <laughs> the, her, her argument was, I, I, I'm, I'm. So it's it opens with um, like. Hi at FTC. Did you catch last night's episode of The Last of Us? It was incredible. If you haven't already, you should check it out. You may be particularly interested in the fact that The Last of Us is produced by Sony Pictures Television and PlayStation Productions, and then goes on to suggest that the Microsoft merger would not in fact suppress competition because Sony, and I quote, has an unrivaled war chest of IP. <laughs> war chest? Wow. A war, ch- a war chest of IP. <laughs> yes, so there's no, so there's no, there's no way that this merger should not happen because uh, Sony have made a good TV show. But that's not the argument. The, like, like, it's not like Sony are only letting you watch The Last of Us if you have a Sony TV. Like, <laughs> is this how business is done now? Isn't business business is strange and confusing to me? Uh, this is like, like live business as a service. It's business 2.0. <laughs> I mean, I assume that it will go. The metaverse. It will go ahead at some point. But the 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 only thing that gave me pause is that um, in America there was recently a big antitrust thing in uh, the book world, which Nate might have heard about, um, because there are there are publishers. There are very few publishing houses, uh, and they're called the major ones are called the Big Five. Uh, and that's like Penguin Random House, uh, Simon and Schuster. I can't remember the other two, but uh, one of them wanted to buy the other and make it the Big Four. And like Stephen King was on the stand and stuff, like you know, agitating in favor of indie publishing and stuff. And they blocked the sale on, on you know, the basis of antitrust. Like you know, the there would be a lack of competition for um, consumers, basically a lack of choice. And that was that was recent. That was like last year. So that was the only thing that made me think maybe they'll block okay. it. But, okay. Yeah. Well, is is there is there a perception in the world of publishing that the intervention of people at, outside these companies, essentially people like Stephen King, did that? Is there a perception that that swayed the outcome at all? I mean, he is very famous i suppose i don't know what the gaming equivalent would be but it might have done um jeff keighley <laughs> yeah jeff turned up <laughs> jeff stepped in in he's his Stephen like king of games his formal trainers he's a he's a swing he's a swing vote <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah. uh let's do the last story that i picked very quickly because this one is bananas is i, I oh let's have some bananas yeah so basically, uh, there's a game called The Day Before, which was until recently the most wishlisted game on Steam, despite c- kind of almost not existing, <laughs> it seems. Um, the It's been in the news before because the developers, they d- put out like a thing uh, where they referred to like everyone that works at their studio as uh, volunteers. And everyone was like, what? And then they clarified that they have paid volunteers. They also have unpaid volunteers. It's very strange. Then, like, a couple of weeks ago, they said they were finally going to show some gameplay. Uh, It was supposed to come out in March. So this was just a few weeks before it was supposed to come out. They were like, do you know what? You've asked, we'll show you the game that you've pre-ordered. And then that didn't happen. And the game got delayed really last minute. 
because of a trademark dispute because they didn't trademark the name of their game before announcing it is that is what they said and someone else trademarked it so now there's a trademark dispute over the game simultaneously the game's steam page went down which they said was like a known bug on steam and it basically now the, their community is kind of in open re- revolt at, at the head uh, community mod on their on their Discord server sort of seemed to question whether the game was real, and they've <laughs> had to issue a statement basically saying like our our game is not a scam. <laughs> <laughs> so is this a sort of a Star Citizen sort of business? Uh, I'm not really sure what it's, it is. I don't think it is. It's not like a it's not like a direct parallel. I don't I don't believe they've taken money from like prospective players. <laughs> In terms of like Kickstarter money or pre-order money, yeah. Um, so if it is a grift, it's not a very good one. Yeah, it's... Um, it does. It, it does have it does have big uh, the War Z vibes. Do you guys remember the War Z? I don't. What was that? No, tell uh, that, me. That was kind of like at the height of um, Daisy's popularity. The the chap who made uh, I think it was Big Rigs Racing, that terrible chart racing game. Um, Revealed that he was making like an extremely, uh, extremely similar kind of zombie open world survival game called The War Z, um, which ended up, which ended up did releasing, uh, but in terrible state and ended up having to change its name for some reason as well. Um, so I think, so I, I do think, I do think the day before exists. The like the developers fantastic have actually have made a game before um, and quite a similar one. Um, I'm sorry, I think, uh, I think you mean fantastic. Oh yeah, sorry, <laughs> fantastic. They've <laughs> um, made have made a game before, um, which I think we covered on RPS uh, back in the day, and they have they, they've shown they've shown something that like kind of looks like gameplay footage um, as part of an Nvidia um, like RTX oh, showcase. Did. You're right, yeah. Um, I don't I don't know if. Nvidia is stupid enough to uh, throw, <laughs> throw, throw their lot in with a, a non-existing game. I don't know. That's your area of expertise, James. <laughs> <laughs> I think the I think the most likely explanation is it's just it's in a it's in a really bad state, and if they can take an excuse to delay it, they will. I, I'm just astounded that people still continue to get just as excited for these things, despite things a bit like this happening quite often. I mean, I'm quite into. I've got a weird fondness for like dinosaur-based survival horror games, of which about 19 are announced to be happening at some point with great fanfare every year. And there's this poor bloke on YouTube, and every year he makes like the 10 most anticipated dinosaur games of 2022 or 2023. And like it's just the same ones, like still <laughs> struggling by on like eight seconds of like blurry footage of a T Rex, and it just really brings to mind the monorail guy singing in The Simpsons. <laughs> it's like you'll have raptors, you'll have guns, you'll have tons and tons of fun, and then yeah, like five years later, it's the same promises and no game. <laughs> Uh, I brought dinosaurs to Brockway, Ogdenville, and not the- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, lads. Uh, should we move on and talk about what we have actually been playing? Games that exist. Yes, yes you but- wish, yes. So, uh, Nate, what have you been playing this week? Is it Age of Empires? No, I've been watching the uh, 
the Titans League, Age of Empires, which is in its Platinum series now. Very exciting. They've basically got like the Premier League uh, for, for Age of Empires now. So I've been watching some of my favorite players like Bulls uh, and Doubts. <laughs> slug it out on there. Uh, but this week I've been playing um, a little game called Isle of Arrows. Um, which is it's a tower defense. Uh, I, I do like a little bit of tower defense. Uh, and you're on a little island in the clouds, and it gives you cards with like different tiles on them. Uh, so like arrow towers or path pieces. Um, and you, yeah, you have to build your uh, big tower defense mess based on the cards you're dealt. Um, it's very, very good. It's, you know, your classic sort of casual sit down for half an hour to have a go. It's very hard. Um, but it's one of these games where after about two weeks of playing it now, I'm starting to realize basically it's like a, it's like Descartes' nightmare. You know, you're going to, you're going to live or die based on what the cards give you. And really, you know, you can be clever in your placement and stuff, but if it doesn't give you an arrow tower in like the first 20 draws, you bend. That's it. So yeah, I think I'm at that horrible point where the illusion's fading, but it's been a couple of damn good weeks. Well, that's that. I'm pleased because you're so often not playing anything apart from Age of Empires. Oh no, I've been I've been creeping out uh, into into other realms. That's good. I'm glad variety is the spice of life. This is it. Do you guys like tower know. defense? Uh, not so much. Yeah, sorry. Fuck off, Nate. Um, <laughs> anyone else like tower defense? <laughs> has, there ever, has there ever been a tower offense game? How would that work? <laughs> you, the, like the towers have little wheels? Yeah, why not? Um, is, that just, I, is, that, is that just or, chess? I don't know. No, I could, guess you could say something like... Um, was it Creeper Wars? Um, the one, the, the millions of tiny little pixels. It was kind of, kind of tower offense. I mean, Tower Ooh. Rush, one of the most viable feudal age strategies in Age of Empires 2. But uh, <laughs> we should move away from that. What have you uh, been playing? Yeah, James, what have you been up, up to? Because we might have been playing the same thing. Uh, I've been playing the mostly the Dead Space remake. Okay, no, we haven't. <laughs> uh, Is Dead Space you're, remake? That's a Dead Space remake. How is it? Very good. Dead Space is like the only horror game um, I fuck with. It's like it's mega. It's a, it's a, it sounds kind of weird for like a horror game, but like it feels nice. It, <laughs> it has a really like kind of like really satisfying. It's a comfort game. W- weightiness to it. Yeah, kind of. And like the, it does have jump scares, which which I normally hate, but it's kind of like there's always, there's always a a degree of. I think space between the thing that jumps out and the camera. It's not like peachy getting right up in your face kind of jump scares. Um, so, I can, so I can handle that. Um, but yeah, it's really good. Very kind of like very pretty in a kind of like extremely ugly way. I like I like what they've done with kind of they, they've kind of like tweaked uh, tweaked kind of like certain story bits. So I think part, partly to just um, accommodate the fact that your character has a voice now, um, which I also like. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's the same voice actor um, from Dead Space Two and Three, um, and they've kind of re. I, I when when they first announced this, um, I don't know why. I I I thought it was kind of more of a re, a remaster than a remake. I thought they'd just kind of like 
try and awkwardly have the original NPC dialogue and then just kind of like awkwardly shoehorn in like new voice lines. <laughs> <laughs> just sounding like Isaac's some loser who no one wants to talk to. <laughs> and he's yeah, like, I guess I could go and undo that lock, right, guys? Yeah, yeah, sure, Isaac. Hey, anyone like tower defense? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, they've actually like completely, uh, not like completely rewritten it, but done you know re- rejig the dialogue so you can actually have conversations with people um i don't like I'm not, I'm not so keen on the fact that they've changed his face again oh yeah it, it, it it's apparently the face of the of the voice actor um which i guess might make sense if they're doing like mocap stuff yeah um but it also it also means that over the course of four games isaac clark has now had three faces <laughs> yeah that's the problem if you ask me to picture him i'd just picture the helmet I think that's what most people do, though, right? It's fine. Yeah, I mean, he he he, he takes the helmet off like a lot more in. Does he? Uh, especially especially two and three, but he also does it in the remake, so you do get, you know, some some juicy some juicy Clark face if you so wish. <laughs> does Does he say maybe I should try cutting off their limbs at, he, at any point? He actually he actually does. He does. <laughs> yeah. So Alice 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 O made a joke about this in Psych before the game came out, like. Oh, I can't wait for the bit where you see like cut off the limbs written on the walls and you get an audio log saying cut off the limbs and Isaac's like, Oh, I should try cutting off the limbs. But that's actually what happens. You do <laughs> you do you do see blood graffiti saying cut off the limbs, and you do get an audio log where someone says cut off the limbs, and you, you do get Isaac being like, We need to cut off the limbs. I because <laughs> I remember it being more subtle. <laughs> <laughs> it, no, it's actually it's actually it it is slightly more subtle because you don't get the the voiced pop up tutorials. Ah, uh, um, okay. You, you 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 do get like tooltips when you pick up a new weapon or something. But in the in the original game, you you saw you saw like the graffiti on the wall saying "cut off the limbs." Then you get like a text box saying "cut off the limbs." You get a voiceover saying "cut off the limbs," and then you. And then you get, and then you walk into the next room, and there's an audio log saying, "Cut off the limbs." With this one, they... and then the game freezes until you call a phone a phone number, which just answers with an automated message saying, "Cut off their limbs." <laughs> oh man! But yeah, so they've 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 made it slightly more subtle in removing the the voiceover tutorials, but also less subtle in having your character say, "I should do this" after you've already done it to like three or four necromorphs. <laughs> Does it, has it fixed the wonky physics? It has. Um, oh. oh, I know. Shame. Yeah, you used to be able to get like um, if you if you run it on kind of any modern hardware, like you'll get like six hundred frames per second, and it would just it would just break the physics. <laughs> yeah, things like um, like I got where you have like fifteen body bags flapping around like <laughs> it's crazy, like a trapped bat. <laughs> <laughs> Was it um, Dead Space One where there were the zero G segments, like in the engine yeah. core and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's, there's zero G segments in, I think, all f- yeah, in, in all three. Because um, I always they, enjoyed them. Although, well, they've actually they've actually changed them so you can like free fly around rather than jump from wall to wall. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Would you would you would you consider that an improvement? Or, or was um, it, was was, was, was it a wall the jumping the aspect? Yeah, yeah, it was sort of. Um, the sort of mind mashing, sort of rappelling around a big, big <clears throat> space. Although, yeah, I mean, is it like very? Basically, does it feel like proper zero G 
flight where you're like giving little puffs of your thrusters or whatever to yeah, go yeah, in certain yeah, directions. Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah, and and if you're in a vacuum, like you can only hear, you know, sound as if it's through your helmet. So, oh right, you, so it's not like or, any sort like, of Iron Man bullshit where you're just like zooming around. Oh no, not at all. No. Wicked. Oh, no, that sounds good actually. Oh, I might give that a go. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's dead space good. in my life. Yeah, it's good, good stuff. Um, good stuff. I also played um, a bit of Inkbound with Ed and Ollie. Um, have you, do you guys know Inkbound? No. no. What's this? Um, so it's kind of like a roguelike co-op, turn like kind of turn-based RPG slash slightly MOBA-ish fantasy thing, uh, which I know is a lot of words. Um, it's, from, <laughs> <laughs> it's from Shiny Shoe who made um, Monster Train, um, but it's not. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it's not like Monster Train. Um, it, it's not. It's not like a card game. It's all those other genres I just mentioned. Um, ba- basically, you you have you, you know, create your character. Uh, you go on these runs, um, which are kind of like isometric, a bit a bit magicka esque almost. Except when you get to a like a combat encounter, it becomes turn based. Um, so you and you know your party, in my case, Edenoli, like all. All kind of like cast your spells and do movements and etc. Um, and then l- l- sit and watch while the surviving enemies wail on you for a bit, and then swap around and repeat until dead. Um, and there's like I don't know, maybe like twelve of these fights in a run, um, and then a boss at the end. So it's kind of like um, yeah, a bit almost almost kind of like turn based mag- turn based magicka. What's the um, best monster in it? Um, there's one which is kind of like a massive purple triceratops. I'm um, in. Sounds, yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of him because he uh, he charges out of the out of the com. He has like a charge attack. Um, you can see like where it will go before your turn ends, so you can like move out of the way. Um, and if <laughs> and if he does it kind of like too close to. Like the border of the combat area, which is just a big circle, he'll go out and he'll get caught in like the damaging purple ooze that kind of like slowly shrinks the combat <laughs> area, and he'll kill himself on it. Is he a friend which, monster or a foe monster? No, he's a foe monster. He's just really stupid. Because <laughs> we we were actually we we were we were in a bit of a, a bit of a panic because we were all like wailing on him and he wasn't taking nearly enough damage for us to kill him in time and then he just ran out of the zone like of his own accord and perished um and that's like saved the entire run so i God bless him. maybe maybe not like great design if you want like perfectly balanced combat but like but if you want an idiot dinosaur to laugh at very very entertaining very entertaining um <laughs> I kind of I kind of looked forward to fighting them after that in the hope that they would would do it again and we could all laugh at them. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty good. We've only, we've only played um, an early an early version. There's a demo on Steam if anyone wants to try it. Um, but we only played an early version. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's very 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 nice little fun game. The only the only issue we had was that um, we we realized we like we admitted afterwards that none of us knew what the other was doing like, we, oh, okay. like, we, like we didn't really understand the spells like i think ollie i was i was a fairly forward uh fairly straightforward um like damage dealing guy i just kind of like threw shurikens at people um ollie had some kind of magic string which he could he'd like fling it from his hand and he'd like 
you could like wrangle like three or four <laughs> enemies at once. Like um, a cowboy. You mean uh, a lasso? Yeah. Uh, yeah, lasso magic string. It's a cowboy thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's it's <laughs> yeah. Why not? Um, but we're like none of it. I I don't think me or Ed knew what that did. Um, it just <laughs> it was just kind of this funny effect of having <laughs> Ollie like tied to a bunch of enemies. Um. So yeah, there's there's some kind of there's some like I guess you call them readability issues. Maybe it would be nice to know what my team. It would be nice to like understand what my teammates are doing without having to play it for like ten hours. Yeah, um, who cares? Who but, cares what uh, those chumps are doing? Yeah, uh, you do <laughs> e- you. E- even so, yeah, e- it was like it was understandable enough that we managed to like finish the run. Um, we were just <laughs> we, the 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 pleasure of success was slightly tainted with a. Uh, a hint of confusion about what we'd actually done. I mean, isn't that the best way? Yeah. Oh, it's very uh, colourful. I'm just looking at some screenshots now. <laughs> I've been playing Forspoken, uh, which is Squeenix's big... It was like... People were very excited about it. I was excited about it. It's the one that then, when there was a gameplay trailer, uh, everyone then hated the dialogue and started making fun of it. Um I've been playing that for review. Uh, we got code late. It's fine. Uh, it is annoying, just kind of not in the way you think. Um, you go around, like you're a modern New York girl and you get transported into this magical realm called Athia and uh, you have to go around because the former rulers of Athia have uh, gone off on one and they're corrupting the land and turning all the animals and people into sort of annihilation-esque monstrosities. So you park magic parkour around and like shoot different flavors of magic at them uh, and that's all quite fun it is a, a monster like the in terms of like the size uh, and the system requirements for it it is like a ps5 first game so i get it from that point of view but not from like the point like when i'm actually playing the game i'm like what why is this so demanding so it's like james can you shed any light as a hardware person as to what is it about Forspoken that is demanding that much? Uh, well, as um, I have no idea. Hey, um, yeah. Uh, who who knows? Um, it kind of like it looks okay, right? Yeah, it's not it's not an ugly game, but it's also not like super high fidelity. Yeah, um, that's what I thought because it, it's like the lighting isn't great. The the world is like it's very big, but it's also very empty. Yeah, so I yeah. don't kind of get it. <laughs> yeah, I no, I I don't I don't understand it either. Um, I the if I had to like make a completely blind guess, like maybe it's rendering stuff you can't like it's rendering a yeah. lot of stuff you can't see. Yeah. Again, like completely blind guess. Um, Please don't call me an idiot, Digital Foundry. Yeah. Oh, they've they've not done a PC test on it. They've only done the um uh so far they've only done the the PlayStation 5 test, I think. But uh mm. yeah, really long load times for me. I was moving it between my SSD and my my hard drive. Uh it yeah, I could never get it working the way. Although your recommended settings, James, were great help. I will link oh, them in you. the description because they uh made everything a lot smoother. Oh nice. The game itself is fine. Uh, it's a very short story for what it is. I think the story you could do in probably about 15 hours is fine. I would say if I had pre-ordered it for like 80 bucks or whatever it was, I'd be a bit disappointed. <laughs> How is the dialogue as a whole? 
It, it makes sense actually in context. It's fine, and it's not like that all the way through. I would say the annoying thing is that there's very inconsistent characterization. Uh, because sometimes she's like, "You killed a child. I'm going to protect the people of Athia." And then in the next scene, she's like, "I can't be bothered. I just want to go home." And it's very like all over the place. <laughs> like people will act as the scene requires, not as perhaps they were uh, written. And also. The cutscenes are really like the cutscenes have a lot of fading to black, but within the same scene, like you'll yeah. be like, yeah, you'll be like in your room talking to someone, uh, and she'll walk in and be like, hey, what's it going on? And then there'll be a fade to black, uh, just so they've moved to like a different area of the room. It's very weird. Maybe your character has narcolepsy, <laughs> and that's Maybe. just very, very brief blackouts. It's actually like deep characterization and like good disability representation um, maybe so let's say it's that yeah, yeah. but it's but it gets fun the longer you play it because you get more parkour powers and stuff but like once you get to the point where you have all the stuff it's basically over <laughs> so what's the best monster in it um there's one that you fight in like a little there are little optional dungeons um and there's one that's like a big giraffe made of electricity that has an a single giant eye for a head but that's amazing yeah the the monster design isn't bad <laughs> a giraffe made out of electricity yeah huh. one, to, one to ponder on <laughs> yep. yeah, yeah, yeah speaking of hardware we've mm. got a new segment because we have a hardware editor. Let's move on to James's... I can't think of a good name for it. World of Wear. <laughs> World of... Well, mm, yeah. World of I, Warfare. I, 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 quite like a, I quite liked a good day to wear hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a about something sort wear. of rough and ready, like the junkyard or... I don't no, know. wait. Well, this isn't junk. This is high-end equipment. This, this, is, this, is, this is real, you know, this is hard-hitting news and consumer advice. This is the well, good stuff yard. This, well, is, this is what you've been sitting through the past 55 minutes for. Yeah, we'll work it out off mic. James, what have you got for us? Uh, so actually, the, uh, the the big thing in hardware at the moment is Forspoken related. Um, ah. Forspoken is the first game uh, with direct storage support. If you don't know what direct storage is, um, it is impossible to give a description of it that isn't tediously dull. So I'll just do a very, very short one. Basically, when your PC loads game files from your storage drive, it needs to be decompressed, which is something normally done by the CPU, before those files are sent to the graphics card to be turned into you know, all your on-screen gubbins. At some point, someone realized your graphics card could perform the decompressing role and do it much faster. So direct storage basically cuts out the CPU from the process and sends those files much more directly from the SSD to the graphics card, uh -huh. which makes load time, which makes a uh, load time faster. Um, is there any chance you could come up with a simplified metaphor involving a cowboy trying to move baked beans? Um, um, this would be like if a cowboy wanted to get his baked beans opened, uh, but had to... No, I've lost it already. James. <laughs> uh, this is like if a cowboy uh, wanted to uh, move, say, a can of baked beans from inside the, sal inside the saloon to the back of his wagon. Yeah. Um he tried to do it by hiring uh the town drunk perhaps to carry it for to carry it for him. <laughs> yes. Um during which point you know the town drunk kind of trips over the 
tavern entrance and then spills beans on the dirt and then the cowboy has to pick out, pick out the beans of his <laughs> dirty hands. Um, with direct storage, the cowboy just picks up the fucking tin of beans and puts it in, <laughs> and puts it in the back of the wagon. <laughs> now, now we're talking hardware. Uh, so yeah, um, the it's it's very good. The only downsides are it needs to be kind of like baked into a game as it's being as it's being developed. It's not something I don't think game developers can just add kind of retro- retroactively. And so, for Spoken is the first game to to do that to have that support, and it's good. It would have like absolutely solved your loading time issues, um, Alice, because um, it only oh I sh- other downside is it only works on a, uh, SSDs. Yeah. So a load time that might take ten seconds, like a load time that took about ten seconds for me when I tried it on the Steam Deck, can be as low as like one or two seconds on a PC that supports everything you need for direct storage. It did. So I moved it to my SSD. It theoretically had enough headroom to run, but it kept crashing. I think it was probably just a bit too big and wasn't leaving enough space. But it did. The load time got down from like. 10 seconds to open the map to <laughs> about i would say four so it did improve yeah. things yeah like it, it, like loading in the entire world becomes like one or two seconds if you've got a proper if you've got like a a good direct storage ready pc so it's very cool um it's probably like my <laughs> it's probably my favorite thing about full spoken if i'm being completely honest <laughs> how many people have pcs that can do that um, is it a common thing at this stage it should it should be it should be quite common, yeah. I think you you need like a, a a CPU, I think, for maybe like the past three or so years, and any kind of like half, halfway decent graphics card, and maybe like a it. I haven't, I haven't tested it on different operating systems. It apparently works better on Windows Eleven than Windows Ten. Okay, but it, it should still work to an extent on Windows Ten. Is my understanding of it? And do you expect like a lot of games to use this going forward? Uh, is that a, a, I don't I don't how long know, is a piece of string kind of yeah I don't know if it's going to become I mean I, I kind of want it to become industry standard because it's just like it's a good thing I I don't know how much like technical effort is for developers to do it um yeah. if it's if it's like if it's tricky that might you know that obviously put people off and obviously there's probably an understanding that a lot of people still use um still want to use like their mechanical hard drives yeah then again if a lot of games are being made for you know like cross-platform games which are being made for xbox and playstation which do have ssds that might become the norm as well there's actually um so when i load up uh, the dead space remake on the steam deck i get a warning that says it's been specifically made to run on ssds as as opposed to hard drives um which is another thing i thought was interesting Um, it is interesting so yeah maybe um, maybe we, you know, the industry is moving away to just assuming everyone will use SSD. Um, yeah. I can't. I I kind of like no no offense to your your PC, Alice, but yeah, um, I, <laughs> I I I kind of think hard drives are a bit obsolete anyway. So if this helps kill them off, then um, yeah, I'm all I'm all for that. All right. Well, fine. Elitist. Yeah. Well, you can get you can get like a you get like a one a good one terabyte SSD for suppose, maybe like yeah. five or ten quid less than a one terabyte hard drive, and it's going to be like fifteen, sixteen times faster. So maybe I'll do that. I then. mean, that's, hmm. 
I'm 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 trying very hard not to be elitist, but um, I'm very. I mean, I'm, it's diff- it's difficult in it's difficult in this one example. I'm not great at, at hardware stuff anyway, so I can't really assume you're not correct. <laughs> so, I mean, you are the hardware editor. <laughs> uh, let us leave uh, the the what was it? Not a junkyard. The <laughs> the good stuff yard. The good stuff yard. <laughs> Uh, and we'll head down into Nate's cabin. Head up, actually, into the tower. Okay, head up Ooh. into Nate's tower of jocularity. Whimsy. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's renaming it on the fly. Go on, then. What have you got for us this week, Nate? Welcome. Nate, yeah, we've decided that you're going to be on official sort of cavern duties from now on. Because we used to have a mini game called the Cabin of Lies, and now we have whatever Nate decides. Well, this is it's it's the Tower of Whimsy, which has been built on the the old like concrete filled remains, the Cavern of Lies. That's the law. Uh, cool. And welcome into my tower. Um, <clears throat> since we've been talking about hardware, and you'll notice that I, the first question I asked James today was if he was a cyborg. Um, I was gratified to hear you're only a minor cyborg because uh, now you're going to become a major cyborg. Oh. So I'm going to make some... I've got a team of world-class surgeons and technologists here. Uh, we're going to outfit you with the latest in technology. You're going to be the the, the six and a half thousand pound man. <laughs> is this just, is this oh just me or Alice too? Uh, Alice is your, your lawyer. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So you're, you're his advisor here. Basically, I'm going to give you a series of binary options. Um, and it's quite simple. You just have to decide with Alice uh, which which augmentics you're going to have installed. Okay. Uh, so first, bit of fun, uh, your hands. You can either have a USB charging slot in the end of your thumb, or you can have, like, glowy RGB fingernails. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> the stupid... The thing is, having a USB in my phone would actually really, really help me do my job. Yeah, what size um, storage is the USB? Or, like, does it just connect I, to his brain? It's five gigs. That's not very much. It's not... No, hang is on, it, no, it's, it's, it's just it's a, not, charge it's, it's a charging sorry. port. It's not a... It's like a but no, I'll tell you what, your left a, thumb... It's not a thumb drive. Oh! Your left, <laughs> your left thumb is a charging point. Your right thumb, you can pull off... And it's that's a thumb drive holding five gigs. Yeah, okay. And it's still okay. made of meat. Okay, uh, five gigs yeah. isn't very five gigs isn't very much, but the the USB charging port would be super useful. And also, um, if I wear RGB nails in the street, I might be beaten to death with pickaxe handles. It's, they'd be very very bright, like yeah. a constant. That might, might be. That might be like a a source of complaints from neighbors, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, if you slept with your hands over the covers, they'd just like beam out. Yeah, multicolored lights. You, you, you can't, you can't turn them off. You can. Oh, you can turn them off. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Can, yeah. I, can I customize the colors? Yeah. Okay. Pro- proper, got a little app. Pro- proper RGB. Okay. No, I, I think I still need to go with the with the utility of the. Yeah. Well, my, my, my solicitor, are you in? Do you concur? I concur. I think that's USB, a good, USB hands. That's a good decision. Yeah. Okay. We 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 are going to go forward with the USB hands. 
Okay, great. Unfortunately, oh, here we go. The surgery went a little bit wrong. Um, okay. We've sort of uh, well, uh, we've destroyed your oral nerves. You can no longer hear, but it's okay. We're going to replace it. Uh, the only thing is, you need to choose whether you hear all music as MIDI's from now on, or all human voice as text to speech. Oh. Oh, that's a tough one. Mm, it's brutal, isn't it? Uh, oh man. Um, this is what I meant by Nate being partial to a dark bargain. <laughs> yeah, these 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 bargains are dark. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's that is a tough one. What's your legal advice, Alice? Uh. Legally speaking, uh, I would say to, to weigh up how much you listen to music and how important that is to your well-being uh, versus how much you care about people. <laughs> <laughs> but remember uh, how sick some middies were. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It'd be a very difficult conversation to have with um, my bandmates. Um, that I, can now, <laughs> that I, can now only, I can now only hear our own music, including my own bass guitar playing in MIDI. Um, but 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 then, I mean, either way, it's difficult because you presumably the the sync the vocals would now be text speech. So. <laughs> On it, no, well, no, it's um, it's one or the other, right? Yeah, yeah, one or yeah, the other. So either you hear, either you oh, hear oh, your bass oh, playing okay, properly, yes. but with uh, text speech singing. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, there can there can be good comedy value in text to speech. That's very true. Although that's a double edged sword. Because if anyone like tried to talk to me about something very important, like if I got a phone call from the police saying like, "Oh, your father's been killed in an industrial accident." <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and, it was... <laughs> and it's just in it's just like Mike, microsoft dave or whoever guess what honey uh, we're having twins <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah uh i i i i i'm gonna go for i'm gonna go for the one where i can at least have a chuckle out of it i think i'm gonna go with the text-to-speech i feel that's yes. a decision yeah and finally while while sorting that out we have unfortunately severed your spinal column um, which was oh, a cock up, I'll admit. Um, Butter fingers. We, we have got your your legs back under control. The question is, do you want to control them via mouse and keyboard or <laughs> controller? <laughs> <laughs> um. So nor- normally, I am an M and K kind of kind of fella. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of, kind of chap. Would that work with legs? Presum- presumably, it'll be like wazzed for one leg and then mouse for the other right so you'd have like a little keyboard on your belt where wasta would be like your standard move forwards backwards and strafe okay but you'd also have i guess another little like little mouse platform on your thigh and that the mouse you could sort of you'd have an augmented reality display where you could click it around the room and if you didn't want to do direct control it would sort of move you over to that point okay but in a okay. sort of a janky adventure game kind of way, you know, it wouldn't be smooth. Oh uh, yeah, like I like I rotate on the spot in the exactly in the yeah. direction I was walking, and then okay. And the controller, well, you just you just have a controller in it, but mm. it would be like probably on a, a string by your knackers, so it'd look a bit. Silly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, that that is difficult. I might consult my um my counsel here. Oh, I don't know. That that's a that that's a tough one. What's gonna I, be the best on the dance floor? Uh, I Oh probably controller. I was gonna say I sort of lean towards controller. And that'll then, be easy, it'll be easier as well. Maybe you could like kind of stick that onto your base while performing as well, so you could still move around kind of quite easily. <laughs> what, what would what would what would the right stick on the controller do? Yeah, that, would that control that would just very subtly rotate your ears <laughs> and make a comedy car horn sound if you pressed it in. I might go. <laughs> <laughs> as I'm temp- stacking as up temp- the bonuses here. As tempting as that is, I might go for mouse and keyboard for muscle memory as much as anything else. Ah, oh, the the FPS traditionalist respected mm. choice. So you've got a USB charger in one thumb and an actual removable information storing meat thumb. Mm. You've got uh, you're hearing everyone as text to speech. Mm. Uh, and you're controlling yourself with um, with a controller. The the six and a half thousand pound man is complete. Congratulations! Enjoy the rest <laughs> of your weird cyborg life. No, thank you. I'm I'm, gl- I'm glad we did this. Uh, that was good. That was a nice way of getting to know Jay, <laughs> as he is now, not as he was. <laughs> Thanks, James. Let's leave the tower. Let's leave. Let's leave. You must get out before the owls arrive. <laughs> Just wazz my way down the stairs. All right, we come now to the end of the show. And at this point, uh, there's only a couple of bits uh, that we need to wrap up. So first of all, we need to check in with Henry Cavill. Uh, He's not posted since uh, the end of last year when he announced he's doing some kind of Warhammer something with Amazon. Uh, it's quite a funny post because he was like, first of all, we need to get a director, writer, producer. We need to get all the people. Um, and that was after he was fired from being Superman after revealing <laughs> he was going to return as Superman. I feel for you, Henry. As ever, we are here if you want to come on the show. Uh, the latest news post I found about Henry Cavill is that the James Bond odds leaders, Henry Cavill and Tom Hardy, have been crushed by new favourite. Um this is a man uh, who, what's his name? James Norton. Uh, and the only reason I bring this up uh, is because of Synergy, because James Norton is a voice actor from Dragon Age. <laughs> so, ah. Yeah. He's, he's, so. Not, he's, not the, he's not the conspiracy theorist voice actor from Dragon Age, is he? No, no, he's he's not the one that had a, a live-streamed breakdown okay. of his career. Oh, okay, uh, very good. And has become a men's rights activist. Um, Excellent. This guy uh, played a ghost, a little ghost boy, kind of. It's hard to explain uh, in uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, Nothing says James Bond to me like little ghost boy. (laughs) (laughs) He also played a crime-solving Catholic priest (laughs) in a a tea time. Makes a change to the other kind. I mean, that sounds better. (laughs) That sounds like a better role than James Bond. Why Why do you give up that? I don't know, actually. He was replaced by a different man, a different priest. So, I don't know. I can't help you. Um, The other thing... One more thing, 007. Try not to walk through a wall with a teddy bear. (laughs) 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 Um, 
the other thing we like to do at the end of episodes is to recommend something that is not a video game. Uh, Nate, do you have anything to recommend this week? Yeah, um, have been watching with my daughter a sweet little um, Pixar slash Disney series, uh, Monsters at Work, which is a spin-off to Monsters, Inc. and is like actually delightfully high production value. It's got Billy Crystal and John Goodman in it being monsters, which I always found quite pleasant. Yeah, it's it's about um, a bunch of useless monsters doing maintenance work at the Monsters, Inc. company. And yeah, it's uh, you always think a spin-off series is going to be yeah. garbage, but uh, this was pretty much as entertaining as the film Monsters, Inc. And if that sounds like a good bet to you, I'd uh, jump in. Yeah, it's, it's on the old Dizzers, uh, Disney Plus. The old Dizzers. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. What's well, Cogni Roaming song for Disney Disney Plus? The old, uh, the old Fizzy Bus. <laughs> the old Fizzy Bus. <laughs> you want to catch the old effervescent 243 to clap them, love? <laughs> Watching Disney back in Plus. <laughs> James, do you have anything to recommend this week? Uh, so I've recently been introduced to um, Attitude brand shower gel. Oh. Uh, which is... Is this WWE Attitude? No, it's actually, it's it's quite, um, it's, it's a very laid back Attitude. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not Attitude spelled T-E-W-D. It's a... Uh, yeah. It's it's actually it's actually quite nice. Um I've been using attitude uh nourishing olive leaves. Um Ooh. obviously I, I, I only want the best for my USB laden body. <laughs> um this Nourishing this... Olive Leaves, that makes it sound like you're some sort of moth that's gonna <laughs> chew down on them. No, this is this is this is a very this is a very nourish, nourishing uh gel douche. Mm. Um ex- excellent lava. Always looking for a good lava in my shower gel. Uh, nice kind of very, very light, kind of faint scent, not too overpowering. Nice and you know gender neutral. Um, Lovely, excellent shower gel. The only, the only downside is I can only find it on Amazon for like eight quid, which is probably like seven pounds more than you should ever pay for a bottle of shower gel. But I also really like it. So, <laughs> is the smell would you say more fruity or herbal? It's kind of. Vedant. Nice. Yeah, good word. Yeah. Yeah, no, you can't do better than that. Yeah, I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan of a good shower gel. My recommendation this week, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to recommend that you please pre-order my book. (laughs) (laughs) What's your book called, Alice? It's called Grave Expectations, and it's out in uh, May. It's actually out on May the 4th um because books come out on thursdays it is uh a kind of cozy crime mystery uh that uh we're pitching as being like bbc ghosts meets knives out uh a friend read it and said it was like those richard osman books but terminally online i'm gonna take that as a compliment (laughs) uh i think nate has a copy of it but i'm gonna assume that he forgot that he had a copy of it (laughs) It arrived just before Christmas. Yes. Yeah. It's. I, I actually one of my. Well, I don't do New Year's resolutions, but my January good ideas. I'm trying to do like books again 
because uh, I got out the habit of reading. So yours is uh, yours is number two on my pile. I'm very excited. Well, God bless you for that. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, it is available to pre-order now from many good bookstores and bad ones. Uh, and check it out. Uh, thanks. <laughs> it's getting it's getting decent a decent response. So I'm happy with that. Um, and that's it for this week for the new the first episode of the new era of the Electronic Wireless Show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you have questions, uh, suggestions, comments, or feedback, you can email podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. You can find Rock Paper Shotgun on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok now. Um, but most importantly, on www.rockpapershotgun.com. Com. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much, Nate. And thank you so much, James, for joining oh. us. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. It's nice yeah. to be back. It absolutely has. Uh, so it's goodbye from us for now, and we will speak to you again next week. Bye. Bye. Farewell.